0: Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Rev. Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento, California. I am here today to tell you that no is a complete sentence. Now, Those who know me will be probably laughing because I say this so much, partly because I often have conversations with volunteers at church. Who feel so incredibly responsible for the jobs they've taken on. And then they've done them so well that we've come and asked them to do something else. And they want to do the something else, but they really don't think they have time for it, but they don't know if they can say no. And they get themselves all tied up. And so we have this conversation, and I tell them that no is a complete sentence. And we ask, but if you can't do it, the first thing to do is to take care of yourself. And it's okay to say. Say no. But this was not my original topic for today, but over the last week, I kept running into different scenarios, reading about them, hearing about them, that made me decide that this is probably a good thing to talk about. There's the example of the grandparents who are upset because their children aren't letting them spend enough time with their grandchildren. And then there's the parents of the grand, young grandchildren who are upset because maybe these grandparents aren't spending enough time with their grandchildren. And it goes on and on, and, and it's like we're making demands upon each other. And we do this in relationships, we do this in work, we do this, we do it everywhere. And we, have our, we don't feel like we have permission to say no. Now, I'm going to go back a long, long way, and I'm going to talk about a book called The Art of Selfishness by David Seabury. This book was referred to me back in the late 1960s, right after my father died, and well before I got into New Thought, because I was having difficulty with my family. My father died in 1969, and I was the youngest, I was still fairly close to home, and my mother... Really started to glom onto me, and uh, I didn't know I didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know how to do my own grieving in the middle of her grieving, and someone referred me to this book. Now I haven't read it for a long time, but I can talk about the things that really stuck in my head, and one of them was his take on the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And of course, that is our, our version of it here in the United States or probably through the Christian tradition. But if you went out and looked online, you'll probably find about t- 10 different versions of, of it. And they all say essentially the same thing. Some of them are worded a little bit differently. But they all convey the same idea uh, that essentially, if you want people to be nice to you, you should be nice to them. Now, there's a catch to this, and this is what Dr. Seabury talked about in the book. He was a psychiatrist, by the way, so he had some good grounding in what what he was saying. And he uses this example. He said, okay, if we're going to say, do unto others as you would have done unto you, that would mean you have permission to force your will on someone else. Okay, I know that sounds convoluted, but stay with me. His example was that uh, these parents decided that their child was going to learn to play the violin, now, this child had some music ability, musical ability, but they were not the least bit interested in playing the violin. They had, they did not want to. They would have done something else, but they didn't want to play the violin. And this example is, is, is like, you know, they were doing unto their child as they would do unto themselves in terms of they had played the violin a little bit, but they wanted to be, you know, better at it or have gone out into the world and played it publicly or, or whatever. And so they were imposing their, their their desire onto their child. And this is where he's saying, it's okay to say no, this isn't for me, this isn't my thing. Now the reason one of the reasons that stuck with me is because believe it or not, my mother had a violin, she had played it at some point. And when it came time for me to learn an instrument, she gave me the violin and decided I was going to learn it. Now I do not have the ability to make music. I love music, I listen to it, but I have taken piano lessons. They didn't take. Um, they they had me do this violin thing, and I remember sitting in this concert that we had to do with the whole group. And I remember learning exactly nothing about what to do with the violin. I just sat there and moved the bow back and forth so nobody could where nobody could hear it because I had no idea what to do. It was my mother wanted to, wanted to play the violin, and so she tried to get me to play it as well. And so that's one example of how we unintentionally try to force our will on someone else. And in a way you can rationalize, it's like, well, yeah, but I'm doing unto others as I would want them to do unto me. Well, you can see how that can go kind of wrong, right? And then the other half of that is, is that people don't feel like they can say no. They don't, especially children, but I see it in adults all the time. It's like, I don't want to say no because people will either get mad at me, they won't like me, they won't invite me back, um, or some volunteers think that if they say no to one task, they'll get fired from the task that they're doing that they love and are, and are so stellar at. Why can't we say no? Where did this come from? I don't know. I mean, each one of us has all these kinds of reasons for not feeling like we could say no. Mostly, I think it's probably from being kids and we can't say no because we think we'll get in trouble on some level. And there's a lot of things we couldn't say no to as kids, aren't there? I mean, you will go to school, you will take these classes, you will do this, you will do that. There's many, many things as we are growing up, at least here in the United States, where we couldn't say no. So maybe part of this is we just never got the training in saying no. I hadn't really thought about that until just now. But Where do you get, where have you gotten practice? Think about this. Where did you get practice saying no as you were growing up? In high school, if you went to college or in the first jobs that you had, you know it's it's like a cultural thing you go into a job and and you agree to do a job and so in that job it's not okay to say no to anything you get married and you start to have these agreements inside the relationship some of most of which of course are unspoken agreements that you just make assumptions about and then when one partner wakes up one day and says no there's this big shock wave that goes through the relationship It's a very interesting dynamic, and the more I think about it, just sitting here rambling about it, um, it's fascinating that no is such a hard thing for us to do. And even when we get the nerve up to say no, what do we do? We explain ourselves until we're blue in the face. We have to, it's like, if I'm going to say no, then I have to give 50 reasons why I have to justify my no. And of course, you know, all of, the, all of the advice columnists will just say, all you have to do is say, no, I can't do that, and let the other person write their own story. But we are not comfortable with that. We get questioned because I think on one level, not only are we not used to saying no, other people are not used to hearing no. And so here we are in the middle of this big what do I do? I do not want to do this or this is not good for me. You know, because no is very important in the aspect of taking care of yourself. It's not just I don't want to do it because I don't want to do it. It's you do, you say no because you're going to be uncomfortable doing it, you don't know how to do it, the people you'd have to work with um, are, are not good for you. There's all kinds of reasons for saying no, but you don't have to give any of those reasons. You're not required to justify yourself. The person you're talking to might want a justification, and you might think that you owe them one, but you really don't. I see these uh, memes on Facebook where people say, you know, I can't come out tonight because I have a date. And of course, that date is with Netflix or something. We don't have to say what we're going to So I'm sorry, I have another appointment. I'm sorry, I'm busy that day. Um, you know, and, and you notice that I've added in I'm sorry, because we cannot just say, no, I can't do that. In fact, I just said that no, I can't do it. And I wanted to add the word sorry right onto that. We're very big sorry people in this, in, in, at least, again, I say in this country. We just, we're all the time apologizing for ourselves. And it's, um, I watch it and it, it cracks me up. It makes me sad. Um, but I just watch how we are so uncomfortable with just being ourselves I often notice that when I'm in a parking lot at a shopping center, and I need to walk across the traffic, right, and someone stops, well, I will sort of speed up, I will trot across because I don't want to be inconveniencing that person. And I watch other people, especially women, who will scurry across in front of me if I've stopped for them. It's like, we don't want to inconvenience people, but that's not really it either. Because, you know, we can all be very selfish in the negative way and not really care what anybody else thinks or that we're getting in their way or we want to be first in line. At the same time, when we're face to face with someone and we're either inconvenient, what we think is inconveniencing them, or we're saying no to them, we're really uncomfortable. You know, I have moments when I don't say no when I probably would prefer to, but I'm really pretty good at saying no. And I attribute my reading this book, The Art of Selfishness, when I was 21 years old, that taught me that I could say no. And I needed to to separate myself from my family and not let them run me. Now, that took a lot of years. That took a long time. I'm not saying that it was easy, and I'm not saying it was comfortable, but now... When I say no, I don't worry about what the other people are going to think. And there are times when I say yes, when I don't really, really want to, but It's because I know I can do whatever it is, and it's not really going to cause me any grief or a problem. And so I'll take on something that I'm not that excited about, but I'll do it. And I'll do it well. I'll do it to my best of my ability because I'm okay with doing that. But I don't do it because I think I'm going to get in trouble. I don't say yes because no one's going to like me anymore if I say no. Those aren't the reasons I say yes in certain circumstances where I kind of prefer not to. It's a conscious decision to do that particular thing. And I say no a lot, and I'm realizing as I'm talking right now that it doesn't bother me if I say no. I started to say that the life I lead allows me to say no when I want to, but that's not true. The way I have constructed my life the way I have worked on my consciousness, the way I have learned to take care of myself is what allows me to say no with no guilt. And I can even occasionally say no without saying I'm sorry. (laughs) Although that's just really part of the whole vocabulary around it. But I can say no. And I have to say that, see, the 70s, 19, well, my father died in 1969, and I could probably got the book that year. So I've had a lot of years to practice. And of course, all of the new thought training that I have, that it's okay for me to not do every single thing that comes my way. I have to admit that some of this is my personality anyway. Some of it co- that I come from a family where we weren't the most cooperative people in the world. And my spiritual knowing that I'm always in the right place at the right time. And so are you. We are all in the right place at the right time doing the thing that we do best in any one moment. So when we start agreeing to things that make us uncomfortable, we are not honoring our true selves. I think the book, The Art of Selfishness, is well titled because this is an art. It's not something that we come to overnight. We are so used to not saying no, not feeling like it's okay to say no. We must learn to honor ourselves. We honor ourselves first. Now, I remember when My mother saw this book and she says, you're not going to become selfish now. And I just, you know, toddled on and read the book and started getting some tools to deal with a mother who had become very um, clingy, shall we say, after my father died. But I either understood or the book was clear, I don't remember where it came from, but I understood the difference between what he called selfishness and being self-involved and only caring about yourself. There is a great difference between honoring who you are and honoring your own boundaries and your own needs in life and being self-involved and not, not honoring anybody else's wishes either. There's a balance here. You know, I think if I were to talk about anything, or I guess it just comes around every time I talk about any of these topics, is that we always come back to balance. Now, nothing's ever going to be in perfect balance, but... We and you we know we kind of seesaw back and forth, but there is that time of taking care of yourself, making sure that you get enough sleep, enough food, enough whatever it is you need, enough space. Some of us need a lot of alone time. Some of us need to be around a lot of people, whatever it takes to keep us going and keep us energized. We need all of that. And that is it's so important to honor that because that is where your real spiritual nature grows is when you are honoring yourself as a person, as a human being, as a soul who has come here to do whatever they've come to do. When you become self-involved, and you only care about you, and you only care about what you're getting, and you don't care about anybody else, that's a whole different thing. And that's a whole different conversation. But when I'm talking about no in the healthy sense, it is to preserve your Inner integrity, your inner self. Because if you think about it, there have to be times when you've said, I just feel like I'm giving myself away. I don't think there's anything left of me to give anymore. I'm tired. I'm done. And that's because you haven't implemented the best sentence in the world. And the best sentence in the world is often simply no. Now, I am fortunate in that I come from a very American culture that. I can kind of get away with this. I have friends who come from different cultures and in those cultures, the families are much tighter knit and they have very high expectations of the the children, of the family members to be close knit, to do whatever it is that culture expects of people. And I watch some of my friends just wear themselves out because of that obligation. And watching them learn to say no is the most fascinating thing because on one level, they're, they're terrified because they're going against an entire culture. And at the same time, there's this grin of liberation on their faces when they've set, successfully said no to something that doesn't hurt anybody, doesn't diminish anybody. It just gives them a little bit more freedom to be who they are. And maybe that's the point of saying no is to give yourself the space to be who you are, which is a divine being, a soul walking around in a body, working together, soul and body, to become the very and highest best being that you can be in this time and in this place. What else is there but to tune into your inner self and get to know your inner self and honor your inner self so that you can go out into the world and honor other people. You know, when you're so busy saying yes, and you're so busy that you can't think, you're not honoring yourself, but you're also not honoring anybody else. You're just doing you know, in the United States, we have a culture of doing, 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 doing. And so we have a gazillion self-help books about how to just be. So what we're doing is we're doing all the reading. We're doing, doing, doing to learn how to be. <laughs> Except, of course, we're not learning how to be because we're still saying so busy. Being takes stepping back. Being takes being quiet, even for a moment, even for one minute. Being means saying no. Being means honoring who you are in any one moment. Being means removing yourself from situations that are very uncomfortable. And of course, it's uncomfortable to remove yourself from something that's uncomfortable. And that's where the wonderful word no comes in. And you can say no, thank you. You can say I'm sorry, but no. It's okay to say, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to do a whole podcast on I'm sorry. But anyway, whatever it is you have to do to take that step back and find your, your own space, your own holy space, that space where you know who you are and you can feel who you are. You can feel your connection with that higher vibration and you revel in that feeling, that wonderful Awareness that you are connected and that you're always connected and that that connection never goes away. We just get so busy, we get so wrapped up in saying yes all the time that we become unaware. We block out that beautiful spiritual energy that's running in and through us at all times. And that's what the stopping's for, that's what the meditation is for, that's what prayer is for. You know, meditation and prayer are not for you to, like, bring God in and say, oh, by the way, uh, come on into my life, God. God, spirit, divine energy, the one source, whatever you call it, is always here at all times. And it's like air. We walk around in the air and we kind of know air is there because we're breathing, so we know there's air there. But we don't really consciously connect with air. Because well, that would be really distracting, right? But it's the, same, it's the same idea that everything is here all the time. And it is our consciousness, our awareness that tells us where we are in all of that. And it is our consciousness that makes us feel separate or helps us feel connected, helps us feel at one with now I play with the words connected and at one with a lot because whenever I use the word connected I feel like well there's a possibility of disconnecting and there's no possibility of disconnecting with our inner spirit with that the one source because we simply are we are part of it like a, a, a water is you know one drop of water is part of the ocean we are a part of it but a raindrop seems to be separate from the ocean when it's in the air coming down. And so sometimes we feel like that, but it's not a matter of being disconnected. It's a matter of the, aware, of the awareness of being part of the whole. And when we get into this struggle of saying yes to things that we don't want to do and feeling uncomfortable saying no, we are separating ourselves out We are not being true to our inner most loving selves. We are not loving ourselves. And honestly, in many respects, if you're saying no, yes to something that either you don't want to do or is not good for you, you're not being fair to the other people as well because you're either not going to do a good job of it. You're going to do it with resentment. Um, You might get into it and then back out and leave people in, in the lurch. It is important to honor yourself by being honest with yourself. Being honest up front and being honest with those who are asking you to do something. Now, that doesn't mean that if someone asks you to do something that you don't want to do or you don't think you can do, that you sit down and give them chapter and verse why all the reasons why you can't or won't do it. All you have to do is say, no, you don't have to give excuses. You don't have to give a reason. You really don't. You do not have to explain yourself. And no is a complete sentence. It says everything. And in that moment, when you are being true to yourself and saying no, when it's most important, this is when you not only honor your physical self, but you honor your divine self, that divine spark that is within you and that is the real and true you that deserves to be honored, deserves to be respected and deserve to be loved. Everyone deserves to be loved. And when you can say no as a complete sentence, when you can say no without saying I'm sorry, you will be honoring yourself at the very highest level. You are a divine being. You are the light of the world. And when you honor yourself, your light shines for all to see. I wish you a wonderful week of doing your highest and best. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now, until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the sun and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.